It is April 1st, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. What's up, Dan? Hey, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I thought we were missing the train whistle. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I am Tim Herb, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Dan James. Hello. He's going to be remote tonight, but thank you for joining us, Dan. That's right. Um, how are you feeling tonight? Um, kind of feeling like uh, I'm just been torn asunder from the inside out. You're talking about the Columbus game, right? I'm talking about the Columbus game. I'm talking about off-pod issues that we've had. Uh, yeah. You know, it feels like no matter which way I'm turning around, something's falling apart, Tim. Yeah, it's it's fair to say. It's fair to say it's it's kind of hard to keep this uh, sinking ship afloat sometimes, and I think people recognize that. I mean, we're we're only well, two guys, you know. You know, we're I've we're got, we're trying to do our best. I've got kids. And You've got you just on. got married. Solidarity. Yeah, it. I mean, you've even taken up drinking, Tim. I mean, how many years have you been sober? Mm, Thirty-one years. Down years. the drain. <laughs> Down the drain. Down the drain. Um. Oh, hold on. I gotta let Pirlo out of the uh out of the the studio. Uh, I don't have Kevin here to do that anymore. I, I try and look for silver linings. Uh, and I guess Kevin was one. Uh, but no longer. But uh, I guess we've still got ninety points up for grabs for the season. As Joe Johnstone, our, our frequent listener in the trap, homie, would like to say, 90 points are bust at this point, right? 90 points are bust. I mean, it's just, um, it, it would only win you the supporter shield and uh, then beat the current record by 20 points, 20 whole points. That's quite a lot. I mean, that's, uh, you know, seven games or so. Yeah. Yeah, you were doing the math there. I could see it in your brain. So, <laughs> I'm not know, very good at math. I, that's I try okay, to pretend yeah. I do that. Put put on my uh, like poop face and then yeah, right. carry the one. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, the notification bell. Make sure you guys get notified whenever we go live. Do this every Monday night at 8 p.m. Most of the time, rain or shine. Now that we have a lot of our life events out of the way, our apathy is not setting in. There's no <laughs> rot going on. So um, we're already rotten, Tim. It's already. That's true. I mean, the worms, um, the worms have been uh, drilling this for a long time. It's true. So one thing I did want to point out, you guys may have noticed that Kevin is not here tonight. He has decided to. Um, what's the best way to say this, Dan? I, I think there's been some noticeable tension of late sort of division on uh twitter um well i think it all came to a head when me and you sat him down on sunday at waffle house and uh just gave it to him straight 
Uh, he's, I mean, for the actions that he that he did were just unforgivable, really. I mean, even that photograph that's up between the Florentine and Lazio scarves, I see his face and I, I've, I've actually put a little sticker on my computer screen so I don't see it anymore. Well, that's more than I can do. <laughs> I can't look away anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, ATL Trains brought up a great point. I mean, Kevin's takes are usually pretty shit. And it's just something that's been detracting from the podcast. He has some ventures he wants to start on his own. Something to the effect of like ATL, UTD, uh, supporter streams, I think is what he's going to call it. Um, it's just business, man. I mean, it's now that, people now, don't realize it's like it's like radio these days. People switch networks. Well, at the start of the season, when the network came and uh, gave us that contract, I mean, we fought tooth and nail to try and keep him on. But you know, when they when they gave us that bonus, it was kind of like, all right, see you later, Kevin. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just go. not going to deal with that anymore. I mean, everything from his glasses to his stupid little beard, his little bald head. He's beady little eyes. You know, I, I just, uh, and that whole Clemson getup. I mean, he's not even from South Carolina. The Clemson thing is kind of. Yeah, especially it, when he never went it's there. Tired. It's, uh, he's from Maine. He's not even from South Carolina. Right. Last, he tries last, to pretend like he's a country boy. Last I checked, Bard in upstate New York didn't have a football team, and he just latched onto the first thing that he could find. Yep. This is and true. Then, I mean, I guess he was consistent. He followed that whole orange theme the whole way through, like with his thing with the Netherlands. I, I think never he got saw, the Netherlands thing. He just really liked fry sauce that much. I think he saw that one. Um, he saw one like highlight of Rude van Nistelrooy playing for Man United when they won the league, and I think he just latched on to that. He's so plastic and fair weather that I'm not surprised. The first bit of trouble that Atlanta United have experienced, and he's already jumped ship. Yeah, it's um, I feel like Dan, but partly I don't want you to just take this as uh, as a chance to just shit talk him to death. I mean, <laughs> don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, maybe you can do the good points then. <laughs> uh, the good points. What do we have? Um, the beard. The, yeah, yeah, the beard was it, eventually. It's completely covered his good. neck at this point. You can't <laughs> even see it. There's no skin between shirt and face anymore. No. <laughs> and it's not even neck beard. It's not like I can grow a neck beard like Andrew Luck, but his is just from the face. It's going all the way down. It's like ZZ Top. <laughs> right. Weird thing was, I was searching ZZ for... ZZ Bottom. Um, ZZ Power Bottom. ZZ Power Bottom. That's good. I was searching for... Uh, digital poor applications on my phone or you know you can go to these stores and you can buy a growler full of beer so i typed in growler on my uh, iphone to find an application it's just um a homosexual guy dating apps called growler funny enough kevin's face is on there a whole bunch of times um which i found bizarre because i thought i knew him but uh obviously i didn't well I don't know. Maybe we should let him speak for himself. Oh, he's here? Where's my fucking Stone Cold music? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. 
All right. I'm sure you guys know that this was an April Fool's joke and it was very bad. I really wish we did have a Stone Cold intro for that. Yeah. Just Stone Cold ET. Just, just a wrestling uh, intro music. Stone Cold Kevin Bradley. Oh, no, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm really in. glad you guys took that opportunity to say just it just ended up being a roast battle for me. Yeah. Not I a, <laughs> idly by. That was great. It's not a honey roast either. What did you expect? <laughs> I told Tim to take it seriously, and and I still can't tell if you guys were really taking it seriously or not. <laughs> yeah, nobody was buying it. It is Sazerac time. It it's is good to be back. Atlanta United FC Weekly time. Where is your play the the train horn? If you guys are listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, leave us a rating and or review. We will read it aloud on the show. I don't think we have had a new one since last week. We got a new rating, which we is great. Rating, up to one sixty eight now, which is awesome. Yep. Hit that whistle. Um, guys, we're really just trying to take up airtime because we don't want to talk about that slog fest that happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Let the rot commence. Let the rot. Let the apathy rot commence. Is that what it was uh, referred to as? Uh, yeah, something like that. Oh, 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 oh. All right, so Atlanta United still winless in MLS play in 2019. There was a lot of hubbub going around about not being able to take much away from that game. And rightfully so. I think Dan had a, had a, had a point of the Columbus had to play in the rain just as much as Atlanta United did. And they still had two points and, and to Columbus's credit, they put those two goals in before the rain really started. But, I think there's still a lot we can talk about, particularly about the first half. And we can obviously talk about the rain, and it was kind of a spectacle by the end of it. But that game exists. The uh, points and result exists and affects Atlanta United's standing, which is now in firmly secured in 12th place in the East. So uh, that said, only three points separate seventh from 12th place so it's not the end of the world or the end of the season by any stretch dan have you dried off yet no i i uh as soon as i watched finished watching that game i just ran straight into a hot shower with all my clothes on to warm up (laughs) which is apparently what the guys did after the game yeah which is insane well it was crazy right i mean if we just want to talk about the conditions at first i mean we're used to watching um watching soccer and you know rain is not usually that big of a deal i mean a lot of players will uh, i will say if it didn't matter if this was just high school that would have been one of the most fun games to play in if it didn't actually have any bearing or any realistic uh problems with players getting injured as franco escobar did as somebody pointed out i think it was Brittany s mentioned that escobar did get injured with a abductor injury i think is what i saw um but yeah, if this game didn't have any bear, if this was a preseason match and you were guaranteed to nobody to get injured, it could have been a lot of fun to watch and to play in. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. And for a struggling team to find points right now, it was not great to watch or to see. Yes, this is true. This is this is very true. It's uh, very reminiscent to me of the game we played against Wilson Hall. Um, your sophomore year, my junior yep. year of high school, whenever it was probably like 20 degrees outside and yeah. raining and it was yeah. just miserable. But that was the, the main thing I think I took away from this is starts off rain's not so bad, but then man, I think the rain ended up being a shitty thing, but what you really didn't see 
or really notice on TV. I don't think it was the impact of the, the wind and the, the cold yeah. that really came in yeah. after the break. It was just a set of unfortunate circumstances. Both teams had to play in it. And while there is, I don't know, the argument is, is there anything you could take away from it? Is there, that was, that was the big heated debate that was going on on Twitter in Atlanta United dumpster fire Twitter that has been the season. And it was, just people vehemently either denying or, or denying that there was anything to take away from it or, or vice versa. It was, I, I don't know where I stand on it. I think um, maybe it was Brian where he said the first 30 minutes are worth discussing because I think there were some takeaways from that. Um, Do you have those PDFs that I sent you or can you pull it up on who scored the sort of yeah, tail of the tape between the two halves? And maybe that's how we discuss this. We always typically talk about the lineup, and that was one thing that we knew there was going to be some change with Pitti having the hip injury or hip strain that we knew about. So, Dan, what were some of your thoughts seeing the lineup adjustments, seeing Ambrose over on left, um, seeing both Barco and Tito starting up top and Gressel still on the lineup? What were some of your initial thoughts on that? You don't know about real loss because it only occurs when you've loved something more than you love yourself. So the um, where was that? Whenever we were talking about me not being here anymore, oh, you just didn't have your headphones on. You couldn't hear him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we had we forced Zach Steffen into a bunch of incredible saves. We had sixteen shots. So and we had five of those on target. He, oh. he just jumps into stats. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Uh, on brand on brand um he's just waiting for his turn to talk and i'm just waiting for my turn to join jay riddle who's in the trap what he's still allowed in here i thought we revoked (laughs) those rights (laughs) i thought the lineup was was actually pretty strong i was i thought we would do fairly decently um i was excited to see escobar back um I was, you know, I thought I was I didn't think we would miss pity at all. Uh I don't think we did really miss pity in in the uh run of play. Um Miles didn't have I guess his best game in the end. He's going to have a down one, but I mean, what else are you going to do in this sort of game? Credit to Brad Guzan. He uh probably our best player on the field. Saved a penalty. That's something positive to take out of it. I don't know. Yeah. The lineup was pretty was good. I feel like the lineup stuff has been talked about and talked about. It's like in the five minute span, people say we go from a four three a three four three to a four three three to a five two three one. I think that's just guys just moving around. I don't really think yeah. it's an official uh, formation change. I don't think you can even do it like a formation change tactically within two minutes. Um, if anything, I thought they had a two back for large yeah. portions of the game. I mean, game. you look at the um, average positioning of the players. Do we? Am I, am I all right to talk about that, Kevin? Yes, yeah, fine. Whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm already on my way out. Yeah. So, so my that's true. Miles and LGP were yeah those two guys at the back, and then we were so compressed. And uh, Martinez's average possession was in our own half. Um, which is, you know, a very different um, idea of what we've seen in the past under Martino. 
Um, but Barco has been the furthest forward. So along those same lines of where Martinez was and his average position on the field um, over the course of the game, another point to mention, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and a big transition from what we saw last year was where the position was really taken or possession was really held in uh, the run of play, which was over 50% of it was on the right side of the field where last season we would see it, you know, it'd be the opposite. Well, not just the opposite, but you would see it weighted to both sides. So you would see like a, 40 40 20 like wrap it up I have it whenever you want to pull it yeah up. yeah you, if you can pull it up on the like screen share or whatever for um the possession and stuff dan and i think this is some of the stuff that you were talking about i made a couple of like silly pdfs off of who scored but interesting takeaway for me if we talk about the first half and this doesn't show where the um where martinez average position was or anything like that but just on paper and statistically speaking, Atlanta United was winning everything uh, in the first half. They led in possession. Um, they led in pass success. They led in not just total shots, but total shots on goal as well. And we're still down uh, by two goals before the rain delay. Yeah. Um, I was wondering why we were pushing over to the right-hand side all the time. I guess Barco seemed to favor the right. I remember him doing a whole bunch of dribbling from the midfield, going up diagonally through the right. Uh, Gressel Escobar was pushing up high. Um, I didn't think Gressel was that great this game. Uh, I thought he was at fault for the first goal. Um, I was wondering because we were – because Rubino – on Columbus had not had the best game and he started his first game was last week for Columbus. Uh, so I think we were trying to push on them and push on Francis. Um, and then sort of leaving the left-hand side open to Pedro Santos and, uh, awful much to our detriment as the game wore on. Um, it was, it was just a bizarre game. It, yeah, and it's just been consistently that way that the the attack has been on the right side. And to see over 50% of the attack, even with us statistically winning uh, the game for all the metrics that you would expect to have in your favor, um, I feel like you just get overly predictable if you're relying so much on one side uh, that teams are able, even if you find some success to shut it down in the parts of the field that actually start to matter. And that may be where Atlanta United is starting to fall flat, that some of that run of play through the midfield is not really happening and you're not creating chances to distribute over from the left wings as much as you were last year either with whether it be Garza or, um, Miggy or Barco or whoever is actually taking those crosses and putting them across because Mikey Ambrose, I mean, th there was just no, there was nothing to really talk about from the left side. And there hasn't been consistently. And for us to have as much firepower as we do on the left side with whether it be Barco or pity or whoever, that's a big problem to me. Yeah, it's more so than the formation or the tactics or anything like that. It's that we are becoming more and more one-sided. 
Yeah, we need to change that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how but, you change it because the personnel doing... on the left side isn't, I don't know. The personnel on the left side is not exactly where it obviously was. It isn't where it was last year. I mean, if you're talking about that left side, having Greg Garza and Miguel Almiron, and um, even though Miguel was coming in a lot from the, the middle, but having um, Tito on there as an inverted winger sometimes, and I, I don't know that we have the personnel right now to really attack that heavily. I don't know. Um, Breck Shea, I didn't think he was necessarily a bright spot, but I liked kind of the threat that he added towards the end um, in the positions that he was getting into. Um, where's George Bello at? That's what I want to know. He wasn't in the 18. He played for the the twos, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah. There's no indication. I don't think that he's hurt again, is there, I Dan? don't know. Um, the last I heard, he had a knock, but that was when he came out against... Um, Was it, did he receive a, a knock in Herediano? He hasn't played since then, has he? He played in the twos, though. He played right, right. for the twos, I think, like two weeks ago. So, <laughs> Well, maybe the um, knock to his confidence was yeah. more than uh, we thought. Brittany S. is saying he's still injured. Maybe that is the case. Um, but I like Mikey Ambrose as a stopgap for things. But, I mean, as, as long as he's back there as a, as a left back or a left wing back, I don't know that we necessarily have the personnel to really be left heavy or even alternate. I mean, all, all the firepower is coming from the right side. Or am I wrong? I mean, what what do you guys... Everybody wants to play manager mode and, and think that they know what the best solution is here. Ultimately, we have the manager in place that we have. We have the players and personnel that we have in place. Um, we ultimately have these results to show for it right now. And yes, there are certain elements that you can say played a part in that whether it was trying to manage a ccl schedule along with regular season play or the weather in uh, columbus but i think we can all agree that there are still some problems that need to be addressed what do you two think right now is the the biggest problem for atlanta united and maybe the biggest hurdle for them to correct if, if they're going to start to produce some results i think one of the main things is what frank DeBoer talks about and you got to practice what you preach but there is no chance creation in this team right now there's just a dearth of it because i know we're we're used to it whether we're called spoiled whatever you want to have our our mindset or our our uh, expectations are pretty high right now but beside that i think even now if we were able to see us at least uh, creating a lot of chances. We went through stretches in year one and in year two where we had a ton of shots, ton of shots on goal, and we were getting frustrated because we couldn't score. But now it's, I would kill for those times again. Um, it, it, you, you made a great point whenever you're talking about Joseph Martinez's positioning. I think in multiple games this year, if you look at his average position, it's not the furthest upfield. Right. And any time that he's having to track back, it's not great for us. No. If he's having to track back, that means that he's not finding lanes for people to 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 see him through and all that. I I don't know. I think that's the main thing right now. I don't know that having whether it's a four three three or having three behind another you know lateral three, if you want to call it, with Barco Martinez and and Joseph is necessarily a great thing. I think that Joseph needs to be further up and. I don't know. We just have to find those lanes again. I don't know how that happens, though. I'm so. Uh, I think we're all in this position. That's why I posed the question because everybody's going to have a different answer. I feel like. Yes. Dan, what but, do you think? So we had 
uh, 12 key passes uh, to Columbus's two. So those are passes that lead to a shot or to a goal. Um, I and believe I be- those are called XG, right? Uh, no, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> no. that's XG. I don't so know. A key, I got it. Oh, I figured it out. It's XG. I, that's I, the I, XG. I think a key pass is something akin to a uh, chance creation. Oh, X, XP. Got it. Like if your XP gets really low, you need to get a potion, heal up, then you can attack. See, no, I, XP is experience points. Yeah, it's experience. Come on, Kevin. Oh, CP. Got it. Yeah, no, you're PP. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Too much PP. No, not enough PP. <laughs> There's never enough PP. <laughs> All right, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe we should be running the 211111. <laughs> I'm talking about Pokemon. I'm not talking about. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, this transcreation has been an April Fool's joke. <laughs> This transcreation has been increasing in every game. So I feel like the system is actually fairly decent. We just haven't had a decent game in the past four MLS games to put it all together. Like we've had this, um, we weren't switched on. We got beaten in the first five minutes. And then as this game was only like 30 minutes long, uh, effectively, then there was nothing you could much you could really do. I mean, we had a ton of unsuccessful passes because we were trying to pass the ball and it would slow down five feet from the player. And so it was easy to get picked off. Um, against DC, uh, That I mean, none of them have been great games. We've had Gressel as a fault for this goal. Gressel was at fault for, the go- for Cincinnati's goal. Um, so but- what you're saying is Gressel is really the reason. Now we know why they stopped the... Uh- the negotiations for his contract is what you're saying. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're trying to push for a better contract, don't you need to show that on the field? <laughs> okay, all right. I but mean, he did wish Jay a happy birthday. So, well, of that? course, because he's a he's a great guy. But I want if he's going to have a, a Gretel, contract. Jay, let's go- be clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think Jay's a pretty good guy as well. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, Jay! Happy birthday. But if Gressel's going to push for a contract, he needs to show it on the field now as as he's asking for the money. I don't think that that is why um, the contract negotiations have been halted or anything. I think that has more to do with the con- uh, collective bargaining agreement that expires at the end of the year. But um, he's really got to show it on the field. Uh, and I just don't think the, the first four games in MLS have been um, indicative of what he can actually do. In fact, I don't think it's indicative of what this whole team could do. So I have a uh, I have a coworker that I talk soccer with, uh, Igor, uh, from Ukraine, and he's uh, he's very critical of Frank DeBoer. He wants to just nuke the whole thing and start over? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, weird. It's... Ask him who's he going to replace Frank DeBoer with. Well, Ask it's not that. so much that he's just saying that it's the plenty exact of same. people. Is he on Twitter? Maybe you should people. start like. I'm sure he's got a bunch of bots. You say he's Russian, right? He's Ukrainian. Start start, start influencing some he's of those. Uh, start influencing some of the votes for different polls and stuff for Atlanta United for yeah. like DeBoer out. Plenty of people have <laughs> can be critical and say DeBoer out, but nobody really suggests a solution. These no, are there is no solution. Arguments. At this point, I mean the the candidates that were vying for the job. You know, if if you believe the rumors, Sampaoli has a job, right? I, I don't. 
there are a lot of us that weren't in that camp at all. I know Dan, that you were, I think wanting that over Frank DeBoer. All I was saying is he was just, he was just alluding to it's like frame for frame, the same movie that was playing out at crystal palace. Um, which I, I still don't think he was given enough time at Crystal Palace. That Maybe is, he didn't have the personnel for it. So here's let's temper the Crystal Palace. Who was the previous manager at Crystal Palace that the mess that there that Frank DeBoer was trying to figure out? Big Sam Allardyce. When has he done any, anything good? I mean, DeBoer was coming in and taking over from Martino, so he's already got a, a, a good foundation with which to build on. He's just trying to implement a system, and the system just hasn't been fully implemented yet. I really believe that that is the foundation of the problem. I will say that I think it is a change from Tata's tactics in that Tata's tactics relied heavily on individuals rather than the system. Can can we all agree on that? That if, if we were to decide which one uh, of the two Tata's success fell under, can we all agree that it was based on the individuals more so than the system? Like, yes, the system played a role in that, but it was predominantly because of the players and their individual efforts. Yes. Mm, no. If you had to pick ahead. one of the two, which one played more? Was it the system or the players for Tata? I think it's the system. How so? I mean, it's, it's both, but uh, of course it's both. I, I never said it wasn't both. I'm saying if if you were to say, if you had to put weight on one versus the other, whenever we talk about the success that Atlanta United has had in the past few years, it has not been a conversation that's been based on the system and the tactic primarily. It's been based on the players, right? I, the one thing I will grant you is in the games where we were without individual talents, such as Miguel Almiron and, and Joseph Martinez and Greg Garza, we saw an inability for us to play up to that level within, that, within the depth that we had within that same system. Well, but we were still winning games with... We were. Dare I say, Chris McCann, uh, we were still winning games with Mikey Ambrose. Uh, I remember, um, man, Bloom was doing a decent job. I remember he shut down Piatti. There were there were guys within the system who went uh, now, who stepped up and were able to um, be successful within. I remember when Almiron went out, uh, Gressel stepped up and was a monster at, at the uh, – at the 10 spot. But I think that I think because the system evolved, like we started off 2017 with the 4231, and we played that over and over and over and over and over again. We played it every single game. We didn't waver because Tata wanted to establish a foundation and, and get guys playing the way Tata wanted them to play. Then in 18, we were able to morph that a little bit. So we started off in the 3-5-2, and then we jumped back to a 4-2-3-1 um, every now and then. But then the 3-5-2 really got established, and then we basically started off with a, with a, um, a, a oh my gosh, what was it? A 5-3-2. So you and just so named six different systems up. and formations, right? I mean, this is what I'm trying to get right. to the point. Of, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, in my opinion, I feel like, yes, Tata had to have a system in place, a formation in place, and it had to work with the personnel that he had. I think the personnel, through their growth and development, that the individuals led to the majority of that success. 
is it a 51 49 split? I mean, I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, I think it was the individuals that made the difference in Tata's system. And I think that right now, Frank DeBoer's system is set up that in time, we may be looking at a transition that the, the formation and the system is more important and that we can have more of a plug and play system than relying so much on the individuals. And I think that that's something that it just takes time to get ingrained in the players and everything else with the training and, and all that goes into it because a lot of the players are having to transition from a different formation and tactic than they were playing before. I hope I, so because the system that he's trying to implement is a very complicated system. It's more complicated than what Tata was trying to do. And DeBoer said, you know, I'll help rotate in uh, younger players. And I worry that because the system's so complicated that as soon as we get a new guy who's not used to the system, or I mean, the whole team's not used to it right yet, really, um, that it's going to throw it all off again. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not calling for his head. I want this to go on and on, but um, it's I, I, I feel like a lot of the times there's there's a, some contradiction in what he's trying to do, and it's it doesn't seem very clear to me. And um, but you know, I'm not there day in day out. I feel like I'm just some dumbass guy behind a microphone spewing a whole bunch of bullshit when you know well the unfortunate thing is that we don't know how long it takes to implement that right if you're changing a system how long does it take before we know that the system is working is it just based on results or is it based on play because like i said statistically atlanta united was winning everything in that game it just didn't yep. produce the results yep so so that's where that's where i'm getting to here is, is i think that w- where do we find some sort of ground to walk on where we think that things are being successful because i think obviously the results matter and and that's what's going to lend to trophies and everything else that we want to see but there's 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 something missing and there's something to be said for the other team um they had some great saves which you mentioned dan and some things didn't go our way but we've been leading pretty consistently in possession and pass accuracy um tim i think that you're spot on i think some of the the chance creation is really what's lacking here and it it's kind of like we're reverting back to maybe what dan was saying too the 2017 tata where we were moving the ball around but we weren't really creating any opportunities with that and we seem to kind of be figuring out the inner workings of the system before we figured out what to do with it once it was working and i think hopefully that's the next part of this is that the metrics we seem to be winning, but we're not getting the results as a result of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to Dan's point, I mean, we talk about an improvement in the, the chances created. I mean, we, I hate to go back to this again, but we've, we haven't had the easiest of schedules so far. Yeah. Um, I think if you pull up the table right now, I think the, the teams that we've, we've lost to obviously are, I think the top two in the, in the East. And then, the other two teams which we drew were the fourth and fifth place teams who are only back from first place by, you know, uh, one win, three points. So it's not necessarily, I mean, chance points are going to fall one way or another. Sometimes, I mean, you're going to lose, you're going to lose points um, throughout the season. I, 
to go back to what you were saying, Brian, Brian in the trap was talking about how a system is more than just a formation. I agree with that. It's kind of a style of play. I mean, Tata Martino can infuse the same mentality into his players while playing a different formation in the same way that Frank DeBoer is doing while he's switching around formations as you guys talk about. I think people being hyper analytical, a little over analytical saying that, you know, just based off of one player chasing a ball down the uh, opposite side of the field that they change formations. Um, I think just to go back to your point, I wanted to say, Dan, I think I understand what Kevin's saying where the, the system that Tata Martino was running could see success just due to individual brilliance sometimes where maybe it was lacking around the field and, and there takes maybe more of a complete cohesive buy-in from all, you know, 10, 10 field players out there, outfield players the best, under Frank DeBoer's system. The best example I can give for the argument that I tried to make with Tata is look at the difference in, in the change in the individual in the system for Tata on how he plays his backs uh, that they, they typically track so much farther forward. And look at the evolution at the right back specifically from Tyrone Mears to Anton Walks to Franco Escobar. That the individuals made far more of a difference in that system than the system itself did versus Frank DeBoer's, which I think is more of a possession and passing based system that you don't have to rely so much on the individuals of moving up. It's more of how those individuals play their roles in that system. So you're winning those challenges and battles in possession by making your opponent adjust to that consistent passing and playmaking ability to pull them out of position so that others can step up like it's Barco up top whenever Martinez is moving. And maybe that's why some of his uh, average location on the field has transitioned is because so much of last year and the success based on him as an individual is defenses defenders playing him sometimes two or three on one by him moving farther forward. Defenders are having to react to that. I think part of it is that Martinez is trying to get more engaged and actually get more touches on the ball, but I think that's part of the system at play as well, where by Martinez coming more forward on the field, defenders are having to react to that because he is such a threat, and they're pulling them out of position so that Barco or somebody else can slip back around behind. It's not really working so far, but in in theory, I think that's what's happening. No, I... I think that's a pretty salient point, Kevin. Um, yeah, I would agree with you that um, it does seem like Tata's system was set up more for uh, individual players to make more of an impact rather than DeBoer's system. We're done. <laughs> Oh, think, oh, wait, was that your April Fool's? Was that your turn? <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's going to take time, right? I mean... Yeah, I'm fine with it, dude. I mean, we won a championship. Not to be apathetic. I, I don't think it's apathy to say that I'm, you know, completely not panicking at this point. I want the fan base to know it's okay to expect results. It's okay to not get those results as well. And if you look at the table right now, three of the four teams below the cutoff line, and there's only five of them because seven make it to the playoffs, Red Bulls, NYCFC and Atlanta United. Two were the top two teams in the Eastern Conference last year, and the third also made the playoffs. So 
it's still really early on. Like I said, there are it's the there are three points separating seventh from twelfth place in the East. We are four games into the regular season, or five games, whatever it is. Um, That's why four, four games for us, five for the for the league, right? So it's it's so early on. You know, it's it's going to take time, and you got to figure that out. Um, but just bear with the process and and try not to consume and eat each other alive along the way. <laughs> We're going to yeah. be all right. No, I agree. I want to go to the, uh, the trap real quick for a couple things. Um, <laughs> the last one. <laughs> yeah. Jay saying I, I'll predict we'll win the Western conference. Um, no, uh, Brandon Scott saying Sazerac Rye. Any good? He said, are you making Very Manhattans good. or is this a hidden NYCFC endorsement? Uh, no. Why would this be a, uh... Sazerac so, Rye is one of the best bourbons I've ever tried. Um, it's really good. And and I'm very um, hot and cold over rye. I typically go for weeders or uh, just straight bourbon. But uh, for rye, it has a lot less of some of the heat associated with some of your other rye that you might get, like the bullet rye or the... Um, What's the other, the Redemption Rye and stuff like that. Dude, so, I love I'm a big bu- fan of Bullet Sazerac Non Rye. is really good. They make Bullet, Bullet Rye Non. awesome. They they burn, make, your, burn your butthole. <laughs> Just burn it right off. Yeah, Sazerac Jay. is so smooth, you won't believe it's a rye. Jay, for, for you and me, Jay Riddle, that orange vanilla Coke Zero <laughs> is where it's at. The two of us that don't drink. Uh, what else we got in the trap here? Um... Let's see. Uh, Brittany S. saying, I heard it might rain against uh, the Revs and saying she hopes that they cancel it. I mean, that's so one thing that we can talk about um, and probably not to beat it to death is whether or not MOS did the right thing in letting that game continue. Um, I think that that leads into it. I want to add to that with the run of play that happened in the Orlando match yesterday. I don't know if you saw the stuff I tweeted out about the smoke inside the stadium. Yes. I mean, is all of that based on the field officials best judgment? I mean, like, I don't know how they let run of play continue, not just in the Atlanta United game, which was for obvious reasons, but in that Orlando match, you couldn't see anything so much so that the announcers and fans thought that a follow-up shot by Dom Dwyer ends up going in goal, much like it did last year against Portland, I believe it was, where he scored back-to-back goals because of all the smoke. I, my bias might be showing whatever the fuck, but it was ridiculous, the amount of smoke yeah. and visual obstruction on the field that I don't know how that was allowed to carry on. No, I mean, we see that in a lot of, um, mostly in like the Italian leagues, Serbian league, Croatian leagues. Anytime that happens, they'll cancel a game. And then it's usually whenever flares happen, or I guess this is is smoke and not flares. To me, it's kind of the same thing. Obstruction and maybe flares are a little more dangerous, but they'll stop the game, suspend it, and then they'll play it in a closed, closed off stadium where they don't allow spectators into the game. Yeah, it's a it's a little ridiculous. Um, I feel like I imagine that the the officials have the the wherewithal. I, I don't know. To, uh, I, the, I the asked permission. Andrew Weeb. He he must have us muted. Probably. Yeah, he so. probably does have us <laughs> muted at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. What what do you what do you think, Dan? Both about the rain and the smoke. Uh, the smoke is a whole thing set up by Don Dwyer just so he can get away with diving a little bit more. Um, <laughs> the, 
Yeah, they. I feel like they should have called it, but they didn't. So the result stands, and I, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Brandon, uh, just to get back to the ride, because I, I won't let an opportunity go by. Uh, Old Forester also has a new ride that just came out a couple of weeks ago, and it's only like 22 bucks. One of the best value deals you can find on the shelf right now. It's really good. Yeah. Check but that out. You can buy a, a lot of packs of Pokemon cards with 22 bucks, though. Yeah. You get you some could. holographics in there. You could. Or you can just play the game. No. Yes. No. Yes. I play the card game. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Um, I collected the cards, played the game. Yeah. But, okay. So, Mike Bell. Played the fuck out of Yu-Gi-Oh, though. Oh, no. One thing about the weather. Sorry, Tim. Um, Yeah. Chance of showers Sunday night in Foxborough. Uh, It is 40%. Okay. But the wind's only 5 to 10 uh five to ten miles per hour 39 degrees and i will give you guys a little insider take i grew up with a meteorologist for a father and we are 12 days away nobody knows what is gonna happen yeah somebody somebody's looking at a farmer's almanac and they're saying okay he pretty much wrote that no world for tomorrow (laughs) they're saying yes movie no world for tomorrow yeah the coheed the coheed movie (laughs) The Coheed movie, you know, day that after one? tomorrow, my yeah, dad, the day after the world for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Quaid was playing Tom Herb in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get my dad mad? Uh, make him watch Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, why did he put that on your bachelor weekend? And then he just talked about it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, so, oh, yes, Brandon Scott says a lot about my predictions. That's correct. So, um, Anyway, to get back to what I was going to say about um, Mike Bell, as Chris, ATL Chris, Dirty Bird person says, I like Mike Bell, but he can get into his bitchy Gen X back in my day mode on Twitter. I, I give him grain of salt. Agreed. I like that he is a local big media personality in the sports um, broadcasting industry who is giving Atlanta United play. He's a huge supporter of the team. No matter what you think about his views, he really only wants this team to succeed. And he's very frustrated. Um, he saw a lot of people's complaints or like I said, at the top of the show, I really don't know what to say in terms of there were, there's nothing to take away from this game. There's a lot to take away from this game. Both teams played in the rain, blah, blah, blah. Um, his response was that both teams played in the rain. We suck essentially, right? Is, um, you guys need to not complain both, you know, Columbus had to play in the rain and they still beat us. um, Yes, I'm with you, Brian, saying I'm always surprised that people listen to radio. I don't do that anymore. Um, so look, sometimes good teams lose. Agreed, just, uh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, I still think that to, to Dan's point and to your point was the, with the stats, it's hard to say that we're not trending the right way in the way that we're playing. It's just, is it going to get to the point where we reach a certain point? Uh, what is that called? It's not terminal velocity because terminal velocity would mean that we're kind of reaching our our peak, and then that's the bit or that's the it's like plateauing, right? Like we're where we're getting to the point where we can't get any better. You mean Tim, of inertia. we're uh, powering up to realize the fully awesome power of a fully operational mothership? Yes, something to that effect, right? I mean, we're going to hit this point 
this power up point where we're just going to start. We're going to be OP, hopefully, right? Let's hope. We're going to get to the point where we're just, you know, like in in Diablo, where we're just doing the same runs over and yeah. over again, not dying, and and we're still having fun with it. Well, you know, I think that it is a very tough. If it back to just theories and analytics here. Um, yes, Brian. The apogee. Yes, that is right. The apogee. <laughs> is that what? That is what we need. I even looked it up. The highest point in the development of something, a climax. See, where's where's our boy when we need him? I like Kevin FC Apogee. At I think I like Kevin Brown's. uh, We're doing some hardcore edging. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah, we are. Um, You know, in theory, Frank's system it, it is going. It can be one of those systems that is really frustrating and almost um not unstoppable because i think every every successful offense has a um, a successful defense that can break it down but based on just a possession and passing based attack we've all played the game long enough that we all know how frustrating it is playing those drills where you're one in the middle and you're just being triangle passed around the entire time. And it is a system that is almost based on that principle that you are passing around into uh, tight lanes that draw the opponent out of position because they're um, anxious to get into the run of play or to uh, force their their will onto you uh, offensively. And so from that standpoint, I think that it can be very successful because we're all prone to that. It takes a very, very disciplined team to not succumb to that tactic versus those that can just sit back and bunker against a uh, a team like we were last year that was so quick to counter and stuff like that, that so much of our success was based on teams coming out from the back line. Now it's, it's bringing teams out positionally at different points around the field based on a system that works in nodes and within personnel groupings. So I think it can be successful and we can get to that apogee, but it's going to take knowing what to do with it once we've learned how to possess it, which I think we clearly are. The statistics back that up to some regard, but how do we start to create the chances and opportunities that you're doing that for, I think, is where the next step is. Dan, I think one of my biggest concerns right now is the body language of the players. And I don't know, maybe it's not something to take away from this Columbus game, but you know the games in the past pretty much the entire season do you do you feel like these players are eventually or do you think they are buying in and if they're not do you think that there is a capacity for them to buy into the system at this point or do you think that five six games so far of frustration is enough to 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 turn them off completely no i think i i thought they actually showed a lot of fight to try and get back into this game i thought the second half was actually we played a lot better than the first half, even though it was just awful. It, in, and 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 that was because we couldn't pass the ball. If they uh, weren't brought in, that could have easily been a 6 nothing game. Yeah, yeah I feel true. like, I mean, Barco has been so much of a better player in the past couple of games. He, is, he really has a lot of uh, fight um, to 
to try and make the system succeed. I feel like all the players have. I feel like if we didn't have the Champions League, it would be a whole different story. Like these guys were going up against uh, teams better than the teams in the MLS uh, right out the gate. They didn't even get a full off season. So uh, to have such intensity at the start of the season is kind of intimidating but you they they have to go all in and now we are in a period where guys just need to get some rest get healthy so they can get on the same page and and i'll take the the counter to that that i think it was a rough circumstance for atlanta to have to play ccl simultaneously as mls but i think that that those extra four games were an extra four games to implement a new system that they wouldn't have had otherwise and so maybe when we win and hopefully we start to see some success and some consistency in the run of play uh, outside of extreme weather conditions in the coming weeks you know would we have been at eight weeks before that started to click versus five or six weeks you know maybe that's another way that we can look at that is that's an extra couple of games that other people didn't have that even though we didn't get the results we wanted it gave us an opportunity to implement a new system yeah i mean i I could see that i i just had to ask the question because i think that is something that people have been floating out there that maybe the the locker room is lost at this point. I don't think that it is. And if these guys are professionals, I don't, I don't think that locker room gets lost, lost that easily. Um, because it, 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 I think you can lose a locker room in a scenario where players are at the, uh, sort of the finish line of their career standing and they have contracts at Liverpool or Man U or whoever it may be in EPL. Right now, these players, they have something to play for. And if they don't adapt and react to the system being imposed by the manager and buy in like the front office and everybody else has, they don't get to that end point or that benchmark that they're all playing for. Everybody on this team, um, at least I would say... 95% 95% of it. I don't think it's necessarily Michael Parkhurst or Jeff Lorenowitz goal to go play at EPL at this point in their career. I mean, obviously I think if they got called up, they wouldn't turn down the opportunity, but the Barcos and pities of this team are not playing uh, to just ride it out and, and, and cash a paycheck. They're, they're having to play with some intensity and heart and momentum to buy into a system and, and show that they're able to do that, right? Because that's what they're going to have to do in EPL. They're going to, whenever they go to a new team, they're going to have to adapt to a different system no matter what. So I think that that's a big challenge that players have to take on whenever there's a new manager, even for a successful club like Atlanta United has been in its first two years. So uh, I don't think the locker room's lost, and I think it has to do with a lot of different parts and pieces to that equation. Yeah, in the trap, Joe Johnstone. I disagree, Kevin. Duh. The four games made it more (laughs) difficult to truly understand the system and its implementation. Uh, Not enough time to learn on the practice pitch. And uh, I agree with that, and probably the challenges that we came up against in the Champions League and the DC game really have have shown that, have, what am I talking about, have really made it difficult to understand for the players because 
they're they're thrown into this thing and this they're, they're trying to put it together it's not working how they want it to so it's just been more frustration so i mean it's what we've all been preaching it's just going to be time yeah. yeah we're not going anywhere we're here for the ride no matter what exactly no, we're here for the ride <laughs> you know as it gets worse the better this show is going to get honestly yeah like, <laughs> no, are we sure. still doing uh are we updating predictions or anything kevin remember we gave all our predictions at the no we week? put that into the vault for a reason so we all can right see you want to you wanna put this one it. into the vault what's that i've got one to put in the vault uh, you want to add one to it where'd you put those at tim i have no idea at this point great we'll just have to great really really cool i'm all really right. glad you did that well i'll just i'll just put it out there um Outside of Miles Robinson, I feel uh, Eric Rometty is going to be the most improved player from last year at the end of the end of the year. Oh no, I'm 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 sticking with my difference maker this year in Ezekiel Barco. I think he's going to be the most improved from last year. Tim, mm-hmm. aside from Miles Robinson, is that I what we're the- saying? Yeah, he he said uh, aside from Miles. Aside, aside from Miles Robinson, and I guess Barco. <laughs> oh, and Barco. You, so you just want to take everybody off the team until it makes yeah, your point. Apart, apart from Miles Robinson, Barco, Pity Martinez, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Guzan, OGP, uh, Michael Parkers. Yeah, doesn't leave a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't leave a whole lot. Yeah. Um, mm. George Bello. George Bello. Yeah. Well, he hasn't done it yet, has he? Played no, two games, scored a goal. Um, I haven't seen that this year. I've only seen one game. It's true. It's All right. So we have. Uh, oh yeah, voicemail. The the famous Varvar Binks, Kevin Gorham, leaving us a a voicemail to listen to tonight. Um, just go ahead and play it. I guess you do it usually. So. Do it, fool. You do it usually. Hey, homies. Kevin Gorham here, longtime listener, first time caller. I uh, just wanted to call and leave my three keys to the game in hindsight. Brought to you by Media Play on Bear Parkway in 1999. Key one, you know, I was uh, excited about the lineup. Really happy to see some of the talent we were putting out there, especially the city being out. Uh, it's just too bad we got robbed of that joy in minute one. Um Number two, quick question for you guys. Do you do you think there's anybody else besides Tito and Larry uh, that are allowed to shoot from outside of the 18 in 2019? And finally, three, I think we can all agree that we were super lucky to be able to see soccer in the form that it was always intended to be seen and played in the elements uh, with nothing but the good Lord above looking down uh, on this wonderful game. Anyways, uh, how about them five stripes? Uh, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> five stripes don't stop. Um, Varvar Binks, right? Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to get your call in, 678-827-3297. It's never too late. The phone lines are always open, as old Kevin G. Varvar Binks himself points out there. Um, enjoying his spring break, I believe. Or paternity leave. That's right. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. I know it's a it's a time in Atlanta where you never really know who is out of the office for what. Is it the liquid pollen that's coating everything? Is it spring break? Is it putting out more kids as evidenced by our one of our other co-hosts, Dan, who is promptly expecting your seventh or eighth now? Uh, tenth. We're doing a reality TV show. 
All right, so it's called from A to Z, and they're gonna twenty <laughs> twenty six kids, and they're gonna name them all with a different. That's right. Yeah, that's great. Fascinating. I mean, we've got the uh, pregnancy down to three months now, so. <laughs> oh, they're man. not even premature at this point. No. All right. So, what was it? what were his points? About the lineup, he was he was happy with the lineup, yeah. which was great. He he actually hit on the talking point that Dan couldn't find the ability to do. So I'm <laughs> really glad that he was able to address that. So that's good. Uh, You're welcome. Um, whether or not anybody aside from Remedy uh, and Nagby can shoot outside the eighteen. Yeah. Well, we've seen Pity do it multiple times. Or no, he said Pity. Sorry. Wait, is that what he said? No, he said uh, Nagby and uh, Tito. Nagby and Tito, right? <laughs> they said Nagby and Jeff. Oh wait, maybe it's a name. I don't. I don't know. was really paying attention. Yeah, I think that. Uh, can anybody score from outside the eighteen? That no. might be a different. That might be a different. He said story. LGP and Tito. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, glad you guys are listening. Kevin's drunk. He's <laughs> just waiting for my turn to talk. Uh, and then what was his last one? And now Joe says Tito and Larry. Uh, see, nobody remembers. Replay it. Replay that right. shit. I'm about to replay <laughs> this shit. Just pull up the transcription. That'll help. Tito and Larry is what he says. Okay, there yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we've seen Pity take a few shots. Yes, yes, we have, and they've gone wicked wide. Well, he had a couple that were pretty close. Yeah, he's had some close ones. Yeah, he's forced yeah. to stay. You missed those because you were out in Italy. I was in Italy. Yeah. you're getting you were having a life event, Tim. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Maybe one day I'll get my shit together and start my own pod. <laughs> Not be lay said. Be sad. Anyway. Oh, Kevin Brown, come catch these hands. Kevin Brown, you can come catch the scarf that I've had in my bag for like three months. Do you still months. really have it? Yeah, I haven't seen him out of pickup. I saw him last, no, two Wednesdays. Piece ago. of shit. Anyway, anything else? Taking a break next week. We'll probably have a new offside trap next week. We definitely have a new offside trap next Taking week. Taking a break next week. We don't have a game to update next week. What are we going to do? We're going to chat. Okay. We're going to do this damn thing. All right. I'm for it. We're going to do it. Dan, are you in? Yeah, I'll be here. All right. So anything else? Kevin Brown says, give him his scarf or you can catch these hands. (sighs) Blocked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to report the shit out of Kevin Brown. Reported. Um, What else we got? Anything else? Um, oh, we're going to send out a... Should we announce it? Yeah, that we at least are going to have some. Yes. Yes. So we... W- the lovely... Don't, you didn't know that all the specifics, but that they will be yes. limited. There will be... We are having a run of 50 Home Before Dark scarves made, and we will be putting out a design... And a pre-order page. I will say that the design will be up by next show. Okay. Then I'll give myself a deadline. So we will have the um, the concept sketch up. Did so you say what this concept is yet? Or no. no? I'll okay. keep it a secret. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll have all of that put up and hopefully get the pre-orders put up within the next couple of weeks. Yes. And it'll be a limited run of 50. Um, yes. And... It will be custom and in true home before dark fashion that embraces all of you guys and all of you will be a part of 
the design in some way, and we'll leave it at that. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. You can find us on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B in the number four, and it'll go up. The pre-orders will still go up in the Get Home Before Dark for gethomebeforedark.com forward slash shop where you can already find some hats and shirts and things like that and uh the scarf maybe going up with a couple other um a couple other friends maybe in in the shop at the same time so we might have some fun new things to announce here soon but yeah we have these scar these little stickers uh show you guys real quick that we're going to be giving out at the uh at the tailgates and and all that hold on yeah, we'll have to do a reserve code for the trap that um it'll it'll go up, um, but yeah, it, it'll oh, it'll definitely we, we want to find a way to make sure that these things are uh, embracing you guys and and falling in line with a lot of the stuff that we've done over the years, and that you guys continue to hear your get your voices heard and um know that you're appreciated for everything that you do for tuning in every week, leaving the ratings and reviews on iTunes. Um, continue to do that. If you want to hear that read aloud on the show, anything else we'll be, yeah, out. You, want me to, you want me to do the fantasy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got that. All right. Number five, nothing but red by Filch. Terrible score. 73 points. Probably because he played Francisco. I ain't getting no respect. Calvo. It's only got him two points and he had, uh, no one on the bench who would have done him any good. So come on, Felch, sort it out. Thoughtmarker SC with German, 86 points, much better. He uh, played the old switcheroo pretty well here and got a, a Pommy Cal from Dallas and Bono in there with uh, Nick DeLeon. Um, Serves him right playing Greg Garza, who only got him a point. Uh, Obviously, he's just going to bomb his career. And then was points chasing with Kenny Safe, only getting a, only getting single point. Man, and went deep uh, for that trash talk. He did. Um, should have captained Carlos Vela, would have scored him a whole 44 points, but obviously not good enough. Come on, thought marker. Get it, get it sorted out. FC Apogee, his Apogee is third with 116 points. Um, was switching a ruin all the other time uh, with the other guys. Uh, he captained Vela, so well done, Nathan. Good job, buddy. Uh, Andy Watkins. Oh, man. He did not do well either. He only got 96 points, and that is not going to keep you in second very, very longer. Very much longer, Andy. Very longer. Very, very longer. longer. And at the top, Joseph better, Joseph better than CR7. Damn, John Beasy back up at the top again? No, this isn't John Beasy. <laughs> Oh, I thought you just messed up his name again. Scored a massive <laughs> 119 points. And this guy is no joke. He was switcherooing all around the shop. He had Soro. Well, come on, you wanker, having Soro on there. Columbus Crew thinking he can outscore um, Atlanta United, which he did, but he didn't play. So he threw in uh, Bye Bye on there for 10 points. That was a good job. But yeah, well done, guys. Well done. It's a good 46-team league here. Very strong. Guess here who's at the top of the EPL table? Man City, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the reaction on your face. <laughs> Don't let this slip Did now. you guys see that? Don't let this slip. <laughs> did you guys see that clip of Virgil van Dyke punting the ball out of Anfield? 
did not. Did you see no. that, Dan? He I in celebration, not. he took the ball and he punted it over the the canopy. Oh, it's great. In, into the uh I just wanted to make sure the, look into the parking guys, lot. You guys can make fun of all my Clemson all you want. But see, I embrace your other, your alternative fandom and I wanted to make sure that we we celebrated that tonight. Dan doesn't get much of that with Birmingham, so I wanted no. to make sure we at least mentioned Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> I didn't did, they, know did, did Birmingham City commit any more assaults on the field? <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for another couple more points to get deducted. <laughs> How many points got deducted this week? <laughs> How many farts got deducted? Wait. Is that what you said? <laughs> None. So uh, wait, hold on. Birmingham City, I feel like, are playing Jeopardy rules at this point, where most teams drop points, they lose points. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. getting deducted points every week that they lose. Um, and, no, uh, I mean, you, sh- you should be we won't get relegated. <laughs> yeah. You should be very happy that Liverpool's will be captain, Virgil van Dyke, who also captains oh, no, I the know. Netherlands, yeah. is the best defender in, in, in maybe even a golden boot or a, a golden ball, um, a Ballon d'Or candidate at this point. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. The man is incredible. He can do no wrong back there. Anyway. Do you think? Do you think it's going to hold up? What the lead? Yeah. Now oh, we have a game in hand right now. So, uh, or how does that work? I'm losing my brain. Game in hand means you have one more game yeah. played than the others. That's right? Not no. a, yeah. Yeah. Game in hand. No. Game in hand means okay, that no, you man, have one sorry. less than everybody. Man City has a game in hand on us, uh, okay. and they're back by two points. They're not going to lose the rest of the season. No. So here's here's a good snapshot of 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 Birmingham. So there's a stat out there. Uh, only players to reach double figures in both goals and assists. So Lucas uh, Junkowitz, who is the Birmingham City striker, is number four on this list, and obviously he's within Europe's elite. I, I just don't think <laughs> stupid stats like this are worth celebrating. So who's above him? Well, obviously Lionel Messi at one in, with 26 goals and 12 assists. Eden Hazard is in second with 13 goals and 11 assists. Raheem Sterling? Eden Hazard and uh, Pablo Hernandez with 10 goals and 10 assists. And then old Lucas, my boy, Yukowitz, 10 goals, 10 assists. I mean, he's barely there and it's a stupid stat. I mean, no, I, I, I would feel sorry. like we're just reaching at straws for this sort of stuff. Tim, you actually get a two for, you get a two for Tuesday today, you know, on top of Liverpool, you got all War Damn Eagle in the final four. How about you? That's crazy, right? It is really fucking crazy. It's crazy. They lose their second best player and they still end up in the final four. Yeah. Who saw that final four coming with Michigan State, Texas Tech, Auburn, and uh, Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, not Kentucky. Um, Who's the fourth? I can't. Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. I don't. I knew it wasn't Virginia Tech because Dan's a fan. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. No. Oh, did Virginia Tech make it to the tournament? Oh yeah, they actually went to the Elite Eight, I think, or they just got out. No, of, they, they got eliminated in Sweet, Sweet 16. Sixteen. That's yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think anybody saw the whole Auburn ride, which has been awesome to watch, man. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I got on board back at that Kansas game where they were just destroying Kansas, steamrolling yeah. Kansas. Yeah. I was like, all right, I guess they're going to make it to the championship for. game. But um, you think so? Yeah, I think so. Do they have Virginia to play Michigan State to get through? No, they'd meet Virginia, uh, Michigan yeah. State in the final. Yeah. Wow, man. How about the end of that Duke game, though? That was, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not The craziest ending to any game was that Purdue game. 
Oh yeah. Purdue, Virginia. Yeah. That yeah. was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's brackets busted except for Auburn fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, Angie's Angie's still got Angie has Virginia winning. Oh, right on. Yeah, so she's winning. Oh, the so same you guys got a right good now. uh you guys got a good weekend lined up then to watch that game, I guess. Yeah. Between the two of you. Yeah. But she's not a Virginia fan. No, I know she's not, but yeah. Yeah, to All bring right. it back to soccer, Brian in the trap saying the run in for the championship is gonna be great. And he means champions league championship league. So league league two in England. So oh, well, we, United too? Yeah, there's right. a lot of good games on ESPN plus. Uh, Leeds and Sheffield United, he calls that. If I mean, that's a decent league to watch. There's some great games in there. Uh, there's also some complete trash, you know, when Birmingham City getting beaten 1-0 by Preston Argyle. But, um, Plymouth Argyle? Yeah. Oh, no, Preston North End, sorry. Yeah. Huddersfield. Huddersfield uh, Town? No, the, Huddersfield is relegated, guaranteed, right? Yeah, them and yeah. Fulham. And then um, it looks to me... In, what really that was like the y'all, biggest y'all see how much I've been, I've been i'm the one bringing up epl shit tonight i know all the shit <laughs> no you remember we used to do a premier league podcast um anyway the you know what really sucked was watching chelsea just completely get jerked off by the referees to to screw over cardiff city yeah did you watch that at all dan i did not neil warnock was about to just tear a hole through he's gonna tear a new asshole uh into those referees yesterday it was oh he had some of that bullet on yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> see the thing with the bullet on is they they roll it twice as thin so that they can just put all the chopped andy and bina know about that bullet yeah. on so they can put all the chopped peppers and then they fold it over to make it regular thickness and uh-huh. then they cook it uh-huh. and then you dip it in uh korma and you just <laughs> <laughs> burn your throat um yes as billy quetta was offsides by he was offside by like at least two i don't know two three yards it seemed like um and then um there was a denial of a goal scoring opportunity on a breakaway that uh, that definitely should have got antonio rudiger a a red card and then there was one other thing. Anyway, it was it was a travesty to watch. But they, I think they're going to end up climbing out. I think Burnley's going to end up getting relegated at this point. But well, yeah, the fight for the fight for um, what seventeenth, as it were, is going to be very uh, very intriguing to end the season. Do you guys watch anything else? I just don't want to end this. I just like uh, watch so any other games we, we or sports this, or shows. Um, or let's just let's we watched this HBO documentary last night about uh, Elizabeth Holmes from it's called uh, Theranos for blood testing, uh, so, like blood testing startup in oh, in like the Valley. Avenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thera- <laughs> I remember when he had that snap. He did that snap your fingers dance. <laughs> That defoil song, <laughs> no, but uh, I, yeah, rec- I yeah, recommend yeah. that the, the, the documentary. That lady is fucking insane. Man, ain't nobody talking about HBO right now except for people watching Game of Thrones, getting ready for that series know. finale. Yeah, I don't you know. ready, Dan? The new, the new series of Barry came out yesterday, so I'm looking forward to watching that. New season of what? Barry. It's the Bill Hader, uh, Hitman. Oh, series. Man, I've been hooked on New Girls, or not good New Girls. Um. Good girls, what's good girls? It's uh got Retta, um, maybe from Arrested Development, and um, 
what's her face from Mad Men, and it's kind of like three women that end up robbing a grocery store. And I know what you're talking about. Doing a bunch of shit that they not get. maybe. It's um yeah Ant. maybe Ant. In, uh, yeah it's Ant Hog that's Ant Hog right. yeah. yeah that's it egg <laughs> egg is in it yeah. yeah maybe's in Good Little Liars and that's a great series if you should watch if you're looking to watch oh it. Pretty Little Liars I pretty love little that liars. Show. <laughs> I didn't know you watched that Dan no, no, no fucking way we got a real Russian bot Igor looking out for us tonight shout out from Russia I have no idea what. The- <laughs> I am really you say that. Though? I'm really glad you're with us. I have no idea how to say that name. Oh, I'm about man. to pull out Google Translate real quick. Whoever it is just saw all of our graphics and was like, "Yeah, this looks like it'd be pertinent to my interest." <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've been watching uh, Good Girls, and that's really been a bit about it. Nate Bargatze's new stand-up was pretty awesome. Yeah, don't say anything about that. I won't. Because we're going to see him in two weeks. Uh, Tim, should or Dan, should we start a just like we've done the um, like the MLS fantasy league and all that? I was wondering, should we do a a a death draft for Game of Thrones fans that watch the show? Maybe great idea. Uh, I found out. So the person's name is Nikita Fisherman. Thank you for joining us. Oh, That's Nikita, awesome. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> Danke. Is... <laughs> Danke. That's German. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, Nikita. A Riverdale. She gone. She gone. Nikita Fisherman. Thank you for joining us oh, all the way from Russia. That's, I uh, love it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really fucking awesome. Holy shit, did you Google Translate that for real? Yeah, Google Translate has this uh, camera thing where you do the language and then you point the camera at it and it translates it. Oh, what's that mean? Is that like XOXOXO? That's how I sign everything. That's That's what they say before they swat your house. (laughs) Oh, we just got (laughs) DDoSed. We got swatted. I, uh, Nikita, what what were your thoughts? How are you enjoying the stream? Um, Maybe... Maybe we can get some fun. Uh, like uh, this could be this could go really terribly bad or be really great uh, on the game or something fun in the trap from uh, Nikita watching all the way from Russia. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll just keep the keep the keep the conversation going. Just 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 to talk to Nikita, our our Russian friend in the trap tonight. And also, how'd you find out about us? This is pretty awesome. Um, what else, Dan? Who do you think that? How do you think Game of Thrones ends? Uh, I think it ends with um, them oh, okay. killing the White Walkers. In Russian. Okay, but so um, I feel like Jon Snow is going to die at the end. You do? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Because that's what the book <sighs> said. Uh, do you think Fat Dan lives or dies? I think Fat Dan. <laughs> uh, I think Fat Dan. I know who he's talking about. <laughs> Fat Dan's going to survive. I think. Yeah, I think Fat Dan ends up being the difference maker, man. Probably, I think right? that's that's kind of like from the whole. That's like the whole Aladdin, like started at the bottom, now we here kind of deal. Like that's right. Fat Dan, just just like in podcasts, just like in actual Game of Thrones world. Exactly. What are you doing? You you listening to Russian over there, Tim? You getting educated? About to learn us something? <laughs> about to ruin 
the Harry Potter ending for. Then it is 1:02 a.m. Central Time. This is what Dallas, is Texas. happening? Let's uh, let's see how pissed off these people get. People waiting outside for the Harry Potter movie or the Harry Potter book before it came out. Or, uh, Half Deathly, Blood Prince. Uh, Half Blood Prince, yeah. It's a lot of build up for this. You definitely did not preview this video. Yeah, you, did, you suck at making YouTube videos, homie. This is, from Fast forward this, is, this is a throwback. Damn it. You did not preview this video beforehand. Dude, I haven't watched it since college. This is one of my favorite college videos. It's not Leroy Jenkins. Oh my so god. Bad. Yeah, this is taking bad. forever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever people were watching no longer are. You ruined it. Damn it. <laughs> I do have a topic to build on this. Snake kills Dumbledore. Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> hey, Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. I, I do want to end on. Well, we don't really need to end on. We can talk all night. Dan can't probably, but um, I saw something on Twitter that really showed a lot of the age discrepancy in people when asked what was the first viral video that you remember being Ooh. really big. So uh, maybe it'd be a fun thing for the trap to sound off on, but what was the first big viral video that you can remember that you watched a lot of, or that you can remember? Um, all your base are belong to us. That's a good one. Mine was star Wars kid. Okay. I remember Dan? I, I remember the slow load for that thing to come up to have to to be able to watch that thing. Um, it was Star Wars Kid. Uh, I don't even know if there's a viral video, but uh, Froggy Fresh did uh, What Do I Want for Christmas? Okay, so yeah, you definitely lose because you're calling him Froggy Fresh, which he originally went by Krispy Kreme. And right. so 2012 and money maker Mike. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you lose Dan, you lose, uh, Katie saying old Greg, old uh, Greg. Of course. Katie says old Greg. <laughs> she was giving me so much shit for not knowing about old Greg. <laughs> Brian said definitely that lightning bolt LARPing video. I don't even know that. what I don't know about that one. I don't know that either. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, there's another one that Charlie bit my finger was a big one that I saw come up a lot, which was like 2006, 2007. I remember that being like my freshman or sophomore, junior year of college, somewhere right around there. I remember that coming up a lot, but, uh, um, lemon party. Oh, that's stop. <laughs> stop. That is terrible. A lot of our viral things are not appropriate at all. It's no. a good thing Casey doesn't tune into the show. <laughs> this is terrible. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Gross. What were some of the other ones? Um, 
the the first one somebody mentioned the one with the we're the, just keeping dan up at this point yeah exactly you can see him slowly fading off screen i just want oh to break my him. gosh i just want to break him to where he just is like fuck this <laughs> just completely signs off all right uh let's end it um anything else to no. talk about I just wanted to spin this off into a regular episode. Dan's going to shut it down being a party pooper. I think everybody's tuned out at this point anyway, waiting for that damn Harry Potter video to load. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Those of you that stuck around the, this long, thank you. Um, really appreciated the sorry, Arby's guy. Sorry, Michelle. The Arby's guy. I don't know Arby's guy either. I don't know what that one is. We have the meats. Um. Oh, <laughs> you're talking about Ian Dark. What is that? Whenever somebody posted that the other day, it was like uh, Ian Dark, the British commentator. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dan, Dan, can you sign us off by doing the Arby's tagline? Yeah. At home before dark, we have the meats. <laughs> home before dark, we have the meats. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. You can find all of us on Twitter at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Be sure to leave your ratings or reviews in iTunes. I'm sure we'll get a lot of one stars after tonight. Whatever they may be, we will read them aloud on the show. Love the hell out of you. As always, be home. Now seven days we crawl up to the ground Now seven sins we wear just like a crown Angels will cry and angels will moan When will they leave us alone? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.